Uh, if you have your Bibles tonight, go ahead and be turning to John chapter 9. This is pretty much where we're going to uh, be staying this evening. Of course, it's Jesus healing uh, the blind man. Uh, but there's a lot in, that is said in here and a lot of things that are, are, are transpiring. I just want us to go through this chapter tonight and uh, we'll talk about uh, as many of those things as we have time to. Um, let's start with John uh, chapter 9, again at verse 1 through 3. It says, Now as Jesus passed away, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And the disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Uh, now there's a couple things with this. Uh, one, why would they ask this? Why do you think they asked this? Why, why did they ask Jesus who sinned? All they know is that he was been born blind, and I guess that's something he may have said uh, while he was there, you know, on the side of the street there, uh, probably begging for money and things of this nature. Probably everybody knew that he was born, uh, that he's been blind all of his life. But why would the disciples ask this particular thing? Who sinned, him or his parents? Yeah, well, uh, that and, and a couple things. I think there's several things within this, but that, that's exactly what it is. They, they believed uh, that the result of any deformity, any handicap, any suffering was brought on because of sin. Somebody had to sin. Um, and I think this is uh, uh, interesting. It even goes back to Job. Isn't that what Job's friends told him? You know, he was wondering why he was going through all the things that he was going through. And... Uh, they were pretty much telling him that, well, because you've done something. And that's what Job couldn't figure out. That's why I think, believe Job had such a hard time. Not that he didn't think that he, 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 not that he thought he was perfect, but he knew the suffering that he was doing wasn't brought about by sin. Now, having said that, is there times we can suffer because of sin? Because of choices we make? Is there times that children can suffer because of, uh, of, of some sins of their parents? Because of what they did. Well, yeah, we see that. Um, but their belief here, and one thing that I think it's interesting is if he was born blind, or he'd been blind since birth, and they asked, did he sin or his parents, did they think he sinned in the womb? That would be the only explanation, wouldn't it? Because if he was born, if he was born blind and they were asking, did he sin or his parents, then... And, and there was, and we're not really going to get into that particular aspect of it tonight, but there was some different beliefs that, that uh, rolled around, uh, that was around in that time about uh, uh, sin that was carried over uh, uh, because of the parents. So the, the, the child uh, uh, had sin, as Jimmy said. Uh, there was some belief of maybe in a previous life he may have sinned, and then that uh, uh, accounted for... Uh, him having sinned by the time he was born. So there was a lot of different things. I don't know exactly what the disciples, uh, where they fit into any of these, uh, uh, these particular categories. But one thing that is certain is that's what most of the belief of that time was. If you had something wrong with you, it's because you sinned. And um, so that's what they faced with here at the very beginning. Now notice, it wasn't necessarily about uh, how can we help him. That's what, that wasn't what was on the disciples' mind. They were wanting to know why he ended up that way. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that's what we focus on more than 
helping an individual, we focus more on how they got in that situation to start with. Do you think we can do that? Yeah, yeah, and that's how Jesus actually answers that, and we're going to get into that, so hold that thought. That's a good thought. That, that may take the rest of the class. Uh, uh, but I, I do think we, we tend, well, I, I shouldn't say we, I'll just say myself. Uh, each one of us have to answer for ourselves. I think sometimes we, we focus on too much at times how a person, you know, we may encounter someone who is, who's down on their luck, who's, who's going through things or, or face things, instead of first trying to help them through that situation, we, we focus more on, okay, what got them in that situation and start condemning them for it. But really, does it matter? If they're in that situation, they're in that situation. Nothing we can do now to change how they got there. All we can do is help them change how to get out of that situation, Right. Uh, and I think sometimes we do focus more on that, have a, a, a theological debate on how a person got in a certain situation or not. And I think that's the direction the disciples were going. But notice, Jesus noticed this individual. He didn't go into all that other than answering the question of his disciples. His focus on was to help him. Um, the fact that he was blind, in, in all honesty, did it really matter why? I mean, he was blind. It could have been a lot of different reasons. You say, well, it's hard to help a person if we don't know how they get in that situation. Um, maybe if we help them understand how they got there, then, then we can help them through it. Well, th there's some truth in that. But the fact still remains they're in that situation. And we have to help them through that situation. And then teach them. I think sometimes we, we want to get the cart before the horse in a lot of times. But notice how Jesus answers this, and this goes back to uh, Bill's point, starting in verse 4, uh, or verse 3, rather. He said, Neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. And then we go back to, uh, to verse 4. He said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So we can go back to verse 3 and see... Here's how Jesus answered them. Neither one of them did. This, this was brought about so we could work the works of God. Now, there's a couple questions I have with that. Did God cause him to be blind so this moment could take place? Some, some actually believe that, that, that God causes certain things to happen so uh, in, in, a, in a process of time, there can be some event that happens that, that brings glory to God. Now, is that what took place here? Did God cause him to be blind so this could take place? I don't believe that's what Jesus said it, is saying at all. I think God uses the, these things, and he's using this for, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, but, but I can often imagine, can you imagine him growing up, and do you think he ever asked why? you ever think he ever asked his parents why he was blind, why, why he had to be like that? 
You think that ever crossed his mind? I, I would think that would come up quite often. I, I, I would want to know. I, I would question it. And what do you think his parents said to him? How do you think they answered that? Well, sometimes we're just born that way. Sometimes this happens. Sometimes, you know, uh, maybe they said, you know, maybe God has a plan. You know, can you imagine just, you know, Jesus said, okay, God's going to use this moment here. This is, you know, he, he's using the, these infirmities. He's using these things. And now we're going to see the glory of God. So these works can be done. But up until that point, they didn't know that, did they? They didn't realize that. And it had to be hard, I believe. Uh, you know, we, we have things that happen to us. We see things that happen to other people. We, we go through things and, and we find ourselves asking why. You know, why, why is this happening? Why, why do we have to go through this? And, and then we, we think and, and try to think in the back of our mind, well, well God has a plan. Well, what is that plan? How, how, how can this possibly be for good? You know, Romans 8 and 28, all things work together for good. Those that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Maybe he asked several times, how is this good? How, how is, you know, I'm sure there's just a lot of thoughts that went on. Um, but I think what we have to realize is in our weaknesses, I think the Bible shows that that's where God shows his strength the most, isn't it? It's just hard for us to see it in the moment. Or it is for me. It may not be for you. Maybe every time you go through pain and suffering or, or you see somebody else go through it, you're, you're confident and you always say, you know, I, I, I can automatically see the good in this. It's hard for me to at times. You know, it's hard for me to see the, uh, the good while I'm going through the bad. You know, that it, it, it's not easy to do. Um, and I don't know how this. I, I try to look at things when, when I'm studying and go through things I, I, I try to picture myself in each situation. You know, what if I was Jesus' disciples in this situation? Would I, would I have asked the same thing? And I try to think what it would have been like to be Jesus' disciples in that moment. What they were seeing, what they were thinking. Uh, Jesus, you know, what, what do we see that he was trying to accomplish and what he was, he, he was showing to them going through all the things that he was going through? Uh, the blind man, you know, how, how did he feel? How, how was it all of his life? What did his parents think about it? You know, all these things, we have to understand Jesus is doing a miracle here. God's wonder and, and glory is being shown. But these are real live people. This isn't just a made up story. They, they lived their life through this. They faced this. This man lived his life. Uh, I don't know how old he was other than a statement that his, his parents made that, you know, he's old enough, he's of age, asked him. So he was old enough to, to uh, be on his own, as it were, uh, to where he's capable of answering for himself. Uh, but he has spent his lifetime up to this point blind. And now he encounters Jesus, and, and we see as they're approaching him, you see Jesus using this once again as a, a teaching moment, not only for the one that he's healing, but for those that are around him. In particular, his disciples right here at this point, because, you know, they're, they're focusing on, okay, who sinned? Uh, let's ask Jesus. Jesus, no, Jesus, who sinned? Was it him or was it his parents? Can you imagine what they must have thought when he said, neither one? This is happening so the glory of God can be, be shown, the works of God. 
How do you think they felt about that? How would you feel about that? Would you, still, would you have these questions of, you mean to tell me God made him blind for all these years just so this event here could happen? Yeah, I, and that's and see, I think sometimes we can. It's easily, uh, and I say it's easily because you can read even a lot of commentaries. You can read read a lot of different things that that of thoughts that people have on certain things of the Bible, and it seems like it's real easy for individuals to uh, be misled into thinking that God causes things bad things to happen. So he can look good, you know, and, and that's there's a difference in God using what's happening and knowing what's going to happen than making it happen, isn't there? You know, when it says God knows the beginning from the end. So if he knows the, 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 uh, uh, the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning, if he knows all of this, he knows what's going to take place. So he can use those moments and he could use those things that are happening uh, for his glory to, to show his power. Now, the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust, doesn't it? So there are things that just happen to individuals. There are things that just, just uh, goes on in this world to where uh, it may be because of something that I did myself, that I caused my own problems. It may be something that somebody else did, or it may be just something that happens. But in that process, it, it, one, it doesn't mean that God's making it happen, but two, it doesn't mean that God is still not alive on His throne. God could use these things. Some of the greatest blessings that I've seen in my life have been during, you know, some pretty dark times. You know, some things that, I, I think that's when we, we see God work the most. Because when things are going good, sometimes we don't think about God as much, do we? But when things are going tough and, and we go through these trials... Sometimes we tend to have God more at, our fore, at the forefront of our minds and, and we can see Him working more. So that's why I believe that God is at His strongest when I'm at my weakness, my weakest, and I think that because I think that's when I notice it the most. That's when I pay attention the most. But nevertheless, here you have a situation where, where Jesus is, is using this to, to teach His disciples. Any thoughts about this before we go on? Yeah, I, I mean, you see, and I think about this a lot, uh, to make reference to what you were talking about earlier. You know, the more I see, uh, once I can get calmed down, quit throwing stuff at the TV or at the radio when I'm listening to it, because it, it just blows my mind the thinking of, of, of the people that's in authority that just, I don't understand it. It, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, and I'm thinking, how can this some dumb hick from, you know, a town, little town where I'm from, how, how can I think, how, how can my thoughts be so different than theirs? You know, if they just ask me, I'd tell them, this is how it ought to be. You know, we can figure this out pretty quick. 
But I do think, in all honesty and seriousness, I think, okay, what is this leading up to? You know, during, during these dark times and the dark times that are coming, you know, God, God is going to show His glory in that. How's that going to be? Uh, are, are we getting, uh, is it preparing us for it? You know, you, you see all through history, any nation goes through what we're going through now. You know, they, they start out in a certain area, then we get, you know, too full of herself, and then down we go. Um, and God is going to show His glory through that. That we're, we're, not, we're not smarter, we're not stronger, we're not uh, uh, wiser, anything over God. And when we start thinking that we are too much, uh, I think that's when we're going to see His glory the most and His works the most. Uh, and that worries me because I think, what's that going to look like? You know, what kind of suffering is that going to look like? What kind of heartaches is that going to be when we get farther and farther away? Um, but that's when we do see you know, uh, we think that, you know, I think a lot, you know, that this nation is getting farther and farther away from God. But to me, I, I think as that dividing line gets clearer, it, it does show me more and more. There, there's a lot more than people think are on, uh, that are serving God. Because that, that line's getting clearer and clearer. It was pretty blurry that you couldn't tell. I, I think it's getting pretty clear where that line is now. And, um, and I think there's reasons for that. Uh, but it comes down to when it comes to suffering, when it comes to sin. And, and yeah, I, I mean, we, we can say and the Bible teaches it. All the hardships that we face are a result of sin. Uh, I, I mean, from the very beginning, it, it took place when sin entered the world. When, when that did, that's when you started seeing all the heartache. So in essence, they're, they're right thinking sin is a result or sin, uh, uh, suffering as a result of sin, well, that statement is true, but not in the specific sense that they're talking about here. It wasn't because of something that their, their parent, his parents did or the fact that, that uh, he did something. Any other thoughts on this? Let's move on a little bit. Uh, then he says, I must, verse 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, I believe here Jesus is once again doing something that's making those that hate him even hate him more. So he's realizing he's only got, while he's here on this earth, he's only got a limited time. And in that limited time, he's got work to do and he has to accomplish that work. I think one thing that amazes me during this process of, is, a, is how Jesus stays relatively calm through all the things that are, are, are beginning to stack up against him. He, he knows what's coming. He, he, he knows he can't change that. He knows he only has a short time to, to do the things that he needs to do, but he's still only focusing on accomplishing what he came to do. Not accomplishing on all the things that are headed toward him, but focusing on what he can accomplish until that takes place. And I tell you, that, that shows real strength to me. The, the, to me, one of the biggest, we can think about Jesus being tempted in the wilderness, and, and we can go through Matthew chapter 4 and think about all that he was faced. But to me, the, the biggest temptation has to be going through what he did and not wiping people off the face of the earth and having that power to do it. You know, I think the first time somebody spit in my face, 
I'd be like uh, Jesus was, you know, talking. Remember when he was talking and, and gave them uh, the names, the uh, uh, sons of thunder, because somebody was treating them bad and they wanted uh, fire from heaven to rain down. And almost like Jesus was making a, a, a joke about it and, you know, saying, you, you know, you're taking this to a little too extreme because somebody did something to you. You want to rain fire down and wipe them off the face of the earth? You know, uh, that's interesting to me because that's exactly how I would be. But, but Jesus is not. Jesus keeps his cool, if you will, during this whole process. And even with this taking place, he knows that this is something that's going to cause them it to even come closer to him. And it's going to bring him trouble. It's going to bring him. Uh, 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 it's going to bring these individuals even more wrath of wanting to come to him. But yet he's still focused on this blind man. He's not focusing on the the problems that it's going to cause him and what's going to come his way. And I think that's what he's talking about here. And he said he must work the works of him who sent him while it's day, because the night's coming when he can't work. He said there's going to be come time. I, I, I'm going to be gone. I've got to do this now because there's going to come a time when that opportunity uh, uh, won't be there. And, and I think that's a lesson within itself. How many times have we missed opportunities to do good and didn't do it? And what are the reasons that we didn't? You know, Jesus had every, every reason in the world to pass this man on up Okay, it's on the Sabbath. He knows what's going to come when he heals this man on the Sabbath. He, he, he knows the, the flack he's going to take uh, about that. He, he knows with him doing this, it's just going to once again uh, bring the spotlight on him. He, he knows all this, but yet he didn't pass up this opportunity to do two things. One, to help this individual, but the most important one as part of that was uh, bring glory to God in the process. Never pass up an opportunity to do that. And, you know, I, I wonder many times what opportunities I may have missed for a lot of different reasons and didn't even realize they were opportunities that they were uh, because we passed pass somebody up one way or the other. And I think it's because we uh, see individuals and we focus on how they got in that situation more than is there something I can do to actually help them get out of that situation. And that's what, what Jesus did here. And I think sometimes that's, that's true. We, we focus on the wrong things. You take uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. You know, when he, he took the scripture of where the eunuch was and Isaiah there and started preaching Jesus to him and time they got to the water, he understood about baptism. Now to me, that, that's, that's, that's what a teacher should do. You know, in the process of teaching Jesus to him, you take that person where they're at now, preach Jesus to them and the things that Jesus wants to do. I think if it had been most preachers today that had done that, they'd missed a great opportunity of teaching that eunuch because they would have focused on a lot of other things from Isaiah than Jesus. And that water would have passed them on up before they'd ever got to baptism. But see, it, it comes down to not missing an opportunity and not missing it by taking an individual where they're at, not all the baggage that may come with it. You know, a person gets in situations that they're in, yeah, they may be in there a reason they need to understand they're in that situation for a reason. 
but it still doesn't change the fact that they're in that situation. And I think we need to do what we can, not miss an opportunity uh, to help. Uh, starting at verse 6 now. It says, When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Uh, did I go to verse 7 on that too? Yeah. And then he said to them, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Now here I, here's the questions I, I have when I read this. One, why did Jesus do this? Why did he spit on the ground and take clay, you know, make clay and rub it in his eyes? Jesus didn't have to do that to heal him, did he? He didn't have to go through all that. Every time I think about this, I always think about, I don't know if this happened to you when you were younger. Matter of fact, I don't have to be younger. Sometimes my mom still does it. She'll spit and she'll, you know, clean your face off, you know. I mean, saliva, mama's saliva can clean anything. So... I guess Jesus can heal the blind when it comes to that, you know. But, but it kind of makes me wonder, why did he do that? It's almost like, you know, I look and I try to think, why did he touch the leper? Well, I believe he touched the leper because, you know, showed compassion for him. But, but that doesn't seem to be the case here of doing this. I'm not sure why he did, do you? Why he chose it this way? Yeah, the obedience part. Uh, there, it, it's a lot like uh, Naaman getting healed here, isn't it? You know, go go dip in the Jordan seven times. Are you gonna Are you gonna have faith that what I'm doing? Again, it wasn't the clay that that healed him. It wasn't the saliva that healed him. It wasn't going washing in the pools alone that healed him. It was, it was the obedience to Jesus. I, I I think maybe that may be it. That you know, testing him. You know, I, I think about, uh, especially in Mark, where it says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. He, here, this is the same thing. This, this, this guy could have said, Okay, you heal me first, and then as a, a sign of my obedience to you, then I'll go wash. That's basically what people say today, isn't it? You know, I, I, I want to I be cleansed of my sins now, you know, just because I call on you and just because I say, then I'll do what you tell me to do as a sign of my obedience. You know, as a, 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 a sign of my, uh, an, an outward action of my inward faith is what they call it, I guess. That, that's what this blind man could have done. He could have said that, you go ahead and heal me now and then I'll go wash. But can you imagine when he had it on there, He's still blind before he goes and washes, isn't he? Or is he? Is he still blind? Yeah, he came back seeing. So think about it. He had to go being blind. <laughs> you know, go do what he said to do. So it, this wasn't an easy process for him. But I think, there again, I think it goes back to one, showing whether he has obedience or not. And two, I think this is showing the works of God for the benefit of those that are around. Uh, I, I think it's showing it's not just a magic trick. It's not just something that he's doing. He, he's doing all of this, I think, once again, so there's no shadow of a doubt that, one, the people know that this is, he didn't do a switch and bait. This is the same guy. And two, that it wasn't just some parlor trick. This is, beyond a shadow of a doubt, what he done. They can't deny it. And that's what we're going to see. They're going to try to deny it, so they can't really deny what he's doing, so they're trying to talk it away. 
trying to find some other problems with it. Uh, and they're, they're going to have a real hard time of doing that. But here I think it shows his faith because he does exactly what Jesus says to do. He didn't say, heal me now, and then to prove it, I'll go do what you say. He wasn't clean, cleansed until he actually did what Jesus said. And that's the same way for us today, isn't it? And until we do what God says to do, We've got to go through the process of doing that. It's not the water that saves us. It's not, you know, going through just the actions. It's that, it's that obedience that saves us. And that's, that's the same here with the individual that got healed. Uh, then, uh, verse 8, it says, Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said that it is he. Others said uh, he is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, uh, How were your eyes open? He answered and said, A man called uh, Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received uh, my sight. Then they said, Where is he? Uh, said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. Uh, so so think, see what's going on here. He comes back and, and, and he, he's seen. He's, I like what he does here. All he does is stick to the facts. They said, is this the same one? Are you the same one? Yeah, I'm, I'm him. Well, what happened to you? This is exactly what happened. He don't know who Jesus is really at this time. Uh, a, a lot about him. He don't know where he went, but he knows exactly what he did. And that's what he's telling them. Here's what he did. And I'm telling you exactly what he did. I'm not hiding it. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm glad of it. So he, he doesn't have any trouble whatsoever explaining what took place now starting verse 13 it says they brought him who formerly was blind to the pharisees now it was a sabbath when jesus made the clay and opened his eyes then the pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight he said to them he put clay on my eyes and i washed and i see um Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he did not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was division among them. So as, as we see this, they, they're asking him what took place. And to me, this may answer a little bit of why Jesus took the clay and everything. I think it being the Sabbath, I don't want to say he was antagonizing the Pharisees. But I think this just gave them more ammunition. You know, that's like working to them if he was making clay. That's working on the Sabbath. If he's healing, that's working on the Sabbath. That, that, that's breaking their traditions of, of what they made the Sabbath to be. So now they're, they're questioning him about uh, him seeing. He's explaining to them. And all they're focusing on right now, he did this on the Sabbath. So think about it. Think Think about now this blind man is seen, but think about how blind the Pharisees are. You know, this is fulfilling the prophecy from Isaiah. You know, Isaiah talked about how uh, Jesus would make the blind see, but he'd also make those who can see not being able to perceive. And he's fulfilling both of those here. These Pharisees, they're not wanting to see what he's doing. They're just wanting to trap him in whatever way they can and all they're focusing on, he did this on the Sabbath. They're not happy that the man can see. 
They're not happy that, you know, if it's, if it's about political things and power and all this, well, this man's not going to be a drain on society anymore. Now he can see he can earn a living. I mean, they're not focusing on any of that. Or they're not even focusing on saying, okay, this man healed you. Well, I want to know more about him. I want to watch him. I want to see him. I want to see who he is and what he's able to do and, and what this is all about. They're not thinking about that at all. They're mad about it. Now, what would get a person to be upset because something good happens? Well, we, we do it today, don't we? Yeah, get, what's that? Yeah, they would like to have the praise. What would you say, Vanessa? Jealousy. Yeah, I, I don't know how many times I've done it myself or somebody has done it, you know, Sometimes if we don't want to do something or don't have the ability to do something somebody else does, we're mad because of it. Because they're getting all the glory and we're not. You know, they're getting the praise. And Jesus doesn't take the praise. He's giving it to God. He's showing them. Remember, the purpose of a miracle is to confirm God's word. It's not to alleviate pain and suffering. The purpose is to confirm God's word. That's what he's doing here. He's bringing light on God. But they're upset about it. And it just, it just amazes me. It just shows how now all they're focusing on, no matter what Jesus, what, no matter what he was to do now, it doesn't matter. They're wanting him out of there. He, he's threatening their way of life because they're jealous of him and they wanted the power. Um, now notice what they did. Verse 17. They said to the blind man again, What do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said he's a prophet. So now he's, I believe this blind man is starting to think a little bit more now about who Jesus is and why he's able to do the things that he's, he's able to do. It says, but the Jews, verse 18, but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them saying, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, we, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, uh, he would be put out of the synagogues. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So notice, they're questioning these individuals, but they've already made it clear, if you don't answer the right way, you're excommunicated. You're out. We're, we're not going to tolerate any answer other than what we want. So how the parents answered that, okay, yep, he's our son. He was blind. He now can see. We don't have any idea how it happened. Now, I think they do know how it happened. I think their son already told them how it happened. But all they're doing is sticking to just the basic facts here and leaving out what they can so they can not be in trouble about it, so they can stay neutral. All they're going to do is answer the questions as minimum as we can. This reminds me of any time Tanya asks me something at home sometimes, uh, if I've done, <laughs> done something... I said, you better be careful. Ask the right question. <laughs> I won't lie to you, but I'll just give you the answer of the question that you ask sometimes if it's going to keep me out of trouble. 
But I think that's what they're doing here. They're wanting to keep yourself out of trouble. So they're only trying to ask what they, or answer how they've been asked and not give any more information. It says, so they again called the man who was blind and said to him, uh, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Boy, <laughs> can you hear the, the sarcasm in his voice now? He's like, I don't know if he's a sinner. I don't know. You're trying to say all this. This is what he did. But you seem all for interested. Do you want to become his disciples? You seem all for interested in it. You know, I, I, I can just see them almost their head exploding when he says this. You know, he, he, he's getting tired of them asking him the same question over and over and over again. This reminds me of a guy one time, we were talking about a, a, a I guess a controversial subject, or one that hits emotion pretty good, and uh, in a Bible class one time, and this one gentleman asked me a question from it, so I, I went to some scriptures and I told him, then he asked me a question again. I bet he asked me the same question about ten times, about ten different ways. And I finally had to tell him, it doesn't matter how many different ways you ask it, the answer is still the same. You know, you, you're not going to justify it by any means. The Bible is clear on this. But he kept asking it from a lot of different angles because he didn't like the answer that the Bible was given. You know, and he ended up getting a little upset with me, and I tried to really stick just with what the Bible said because uh, I knew it was a pretty hot topic. But... Uh, that's what the disciples are doing here. Or not the disciples, the Pharisees. They keep asking the question over and over again, trying to get a different answer. But they can't get a different answer because that's what happened. He's clear on that. He said, There's, it's not mistaken. I was blind. I'm looking straight at you now. I can see you. So th there's no getting around what happened no matter how much they ask it. And to me, I think that's a great lesson for us the Bible's going to say what it says. It doesn't matter how many different ways we try to justify something and how many different ways we try to get out of it saying what it says. I think that's why we keep asking a lot of different people trying to get the answer that I want. And, and people will do that even when it comes to church sometimes. They'll, they'll ask the preacher or the elders or, or members about certain things. They don't like that. They'll go to another and they'll go to another. Finally, they'll get the answer that they want, so that's where they go. You know, and, and it's a shame. It's really a shame that you can get different answers from different people when the Bible gives the same answer. But here I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to, uh, uh, to do something that they're not going to be able to do, and that's deny that he did it. He didn't change the facts, but it still makes them upset. Um, uh, verse 28 uh, says, Then they... Uh, reviled him and said, You are his disciples, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, Why is this a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from? Yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of the one who was born blind. 
If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. So now, now he's got him. He said, okay, you're saying he's a sinner. You're saying he's not right. Then if it's true, then how is he able to do what he did? How is he able to call upon God to do this if he's what you say he is? So now they're just getting pretty upset with him. Notice what they do. Verse 34. Uh, then they answered and said to him, You are completely born in sins, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. They said, Okay, it's time to let this go. We've had enough of it. He, he's turned this around on us now. We can't get the answer that we want, so guess what we're going to do? You're gone. You're, you're, you're cast out. Because they already made an agreement that if anyone said that he was the Christ, they were going to cast him out. So, it, again, it's not just about him healing a blind man. It, it's about the reaction to it, and that's the same way it is today. It's not about the things that God does. It's, it's about the reactions that people do to try to justify their own lives.